Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into the Sunday Gospels reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Father Rob Gallia. And I'm Denny Sullivan. And this podcast is presented to you by FRG Ministry. G'day. Here you going? <laughs> so it good. makes me cringe yeah. so much when you do Australian. Why not? I can, I can, I can speak in an Australian accent. I yeah, can only. No, you can, but you can only do limited sentences. Yeah, I do. It, that's so it's true. like there's four things that you can say with an Australian accent. Yeah, that's true. Well, I can say a lot of things in an Australian accent, but it's not necessarily a good Australian accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've lived here 15 years. I should know a little bit. A little bit. My favorite thing is when Chris, the intern, he's German and he tries an Australian accent, but it's. It's, it's, it's unique. It's just German. It's just like him speaking with a German accent, but maybe deeper. Yeah, I think that's it. the only thing. Well, he gives it a go. With like, does. Does, do you speak in a German accent um, or a Maltese? Think, Maltese, I've seen you try, and that's pathetic I, too. I, must I say. think that my problem is I don't want to offend people, and I know I'm not good at accents, so I don't want to offend like an entire culture. <laughs> that's my problem. That's okay. Now here I'm sitting and I'm seeing a coffee stain. <laughs> On the table, and this is we really like, frustrating me. Yes, because we have this beautiful, clean office, and then White. Father Rob decides that, oh, I'm not going to travel as much this year, and, and stains so our coffee apple. table, oh, our, no. like podcast table with a coffee stain. Oh, I'll, I'll clean this, I promise. After this, once I have my first coffee, you know, I haven't even had my first coffee this well, that, morning. That stain has been there for a week, <laughs> and I've been very patient, and <laughs> I haven't, I haven't mentioned me. it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I, I'm tempted just to spit and to to clean it, Please but I, don't. I, I, I well, won't. I'll t- I'll show you where the cleaning products are. Okay, thank you. So today we're going to talk about um, two amazing women in the Bible. Um, uh, we're going to read about them, and we're going to study them the way they look, the way they persevered, and who are the two characters we're talking about today? Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, you gotta love them. And, and we see ourselves in, in both. You know, there's not on to, we're in the gospel of John. And then so there are th- there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke are synoptic gospels that they have a lot of things in common. And then you have John, which is the book of miracles, so which talks a lot about miracles. So um, Luke, in fact, talks about Mary and Martha a lot and about the character. You know, you remember that story of Mary and Martha. Yeah, and Martha was like, Mary's not doing anything. Yeah, so she's the washing the dishes and yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and then Martha, Ma- Martha's not doing anything, I think. Oh, which one? No, Martha, Martha Martha's, was the busy Martha's one. Martha's yeah. doing everything. She's doing Mary's everything. Mary's just yeah. sitting there. And so, <laughs> exactly. And so Martha's this action woman um, who's, who's frustrated that Mary's not doing something. But then context, you take again, what Luke has as a sort of a, a, a nice story. John brings to a miracle story, mm. a story of the resurrection of Mary and Martha's brother, um, Lazarus. And so let's explore this gospel. Let's read through this. But think, as we read through this gospel, think about these two characters, Mary and Martha, their reaction, their character, you know, Martha being the busy one and Mary being the one who's placid, who's listening, who's uh, present um, there with Jesus or present in life, living in the moment as well. So um, Danny, will lead us and, and, as, and proclaim the gospel for us. So this week's gospel reading comes from John, as Father Rob said. It's chapter 11 and then it's verses 3 to 45-ish. So it's just like a few in there, but it's shortened for the gospel reading. The sisters of Lazarus sent word to Jesus saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. 
Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. When Jesus arrived, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. He became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of a blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to him, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary had seen what he had done and began to believe in him. That's a long gospel, but a beautiful story. Uh, and I, I love this, just a context of this as well. Jesus had close friends, you know, he had Peter, James and John, who he went up to the Mount of Transfiguration with, whom he was close to, but he was particularly close to Mary, Martha and Lazarus. <laughs> and Jesus, this is the human side of Jesus. He loved everyone he liked, maybe liked everyone, maybe didn't like everyone, but he loved everyone. But he was particularly close to people. And this again, first of all, is is a lesson of how we need to surround ourselves with people who support us, who love us, whom we can support and whom we can love. And Mary, Martha and Lazarus, these were close friends of Jesus. So in a sense, the story is personal. This is a, a personal story where um, he, at the end of the day, I imagine he wanted Mary and Martha to to have their brother back because that meant their livelihood back. No social benefits, nothing that could support. The male was the one that worked, that could support them. And so he felt compassion for them. And that's why people were saying, see how much Lazarus, he loved Lazarus, because he did. He did. And, and people in the village knew how close this prophet, this um, th th this Messiah, some who believed him to be the Messiah, loved um, Mary, Martha and, and Lazarus. Yeah, he did love them. He was friends with them. And they, like, you know, they believed that he was special. They knew that he could heal. So I guess that's why I'm always struck by Martha's first words when she ran up to meet him. It was just disappointment. Like yeah. if he was there, 
her brother wouldn't be dead because she believed that he could have healed her brother. And that's, you know, when you're close to someone, maybe you have more expectation on them because you know what they or who they are and what they can do. And she knew that Jesus could have healed her brother. So it makes sense that she was disappointed that he wasn't there. So she's the active one that gets up, you know, again, mm-hmm. the, while Mary stays at home, she runs towards Jesus and basically says, why didn't you heal my brother? Mm-hmm. You, you heard the news days ago. And in fact, we know from the story that Jesus just lingered for four days. He didn't do anything for all those days and just waited. And they're saying now four days, the body is rotting, you know, about time, Jesus. And this is somehow that sometimes our story. You say, God, why? Why didn't you answer our prayer? It, you, you're too late. Why didn't you do the, the things that we asked you to do? And God uh, sometimes looks, <laughs> looks at us and, and just stands there. And we look at God and say, God, how I wish you would have answered my prayer. You answered my prayer. And this is the story of us, each and every one of us, not just Martha. And then they have this conversation. Uh, Jesus um, being spoken to by Martha, Martha being sort of disappointed in his friend, in her friend. But he, she continues and she says this. She says, "Look, God, uh, Jesus, I'm disappointed." I'm sad and I I wish you did something. In fact, my life now, I don't even know how I'm going to move forward. She says, but even now I know you can do something great because she had seen it before. She had been surrounded by Jesus before. And she, because as it continues, she didn't actually expect him to rise from the dead because Jesus says, no, he will rise. And Martha goes, no, listen, I know he will rise on the last day. So he, when she was saying that, she wasn't saying it because she says, like, okay, rise, raise him from the dead. She, she was saying, no, no, Jesus, now, now perform a miracle in our lives to help us get through this. Hmm. But Jesus did better. He did something so great. And he rose Lazarus from the dead, which had, um, they had never seen before. No, no one had seen before. So they couldn't really have expected that. But they, tried, they knew that God was capable of doing something great in their lives. I think that's so beautiful, that point you just made there about Martha being like, yes, I know that he will rate, like, you know, be rise on the last day. I know that. Like even when she's mourning, even when she's so disappointed that Jesus wasn't there to stop this, she still had that deep faith of like, yes, I know, like, you know, what you say, I can see the bigger picture and he will, we will all rise again on the last day. But then Jesus took that opportunity to deepen her faith even more and perform this incredible miracle, the biggest miracle he performed before his own resurrection. Exactly. Um, Um, But just, I don't know, I just think that's so beautiful that he, like, yeah, he could have left it there. She would have been content just for his comfort and his companionship and, you know, his just presence there with her and her sister. But he took that and did something so much greater than anyone there could have even imagined. Yes. But even at that point, that point of of not knowing is important as well because there are moments, like, I think one of the things she recognized was that death wasn't the end. The scripture says, death, where is your sting? You know, death is not the end because what is the end is this separation from, from God. And and so even death cannot separate us from the love of God. And she knew that because she knew that Jesus was the resurrection. And she knew that even at the, at the end, it, during the resurrection, Lazarus would know Jesus, run to Jesus and have eternal life with Jesus. But at the same time, Jesus, this miracle at the end of the day was not for Lazarus, was it? Mm. This miracle was for Mary and Martha, 
Well, and for the people to recognize the resurrection, that people could recognize that he was the Christ, that God would be glorified. But it was also for their welfare. It was a social justice miracle. It was a justice miracle because he wanted also Lazarus to, to provide for the needs of Mary and Martha. And so this is what Jesus, Jesus cares. He performs miracles, but not for the sake of miracles, but because he wants us and he, he knows what is best for us. But death, this is a story about death also and the, import, the importance of death, that we all need to, to face the physical death, but also Christ has called us to be dead to self, to die to sin. And so this is a, a difficult death, but one, once we die to sin, God rises us up uh, in him, in relationship with him. And I just imagine when Lazarus, you know, came out of that tomb, imagine the new fervor he would have had for life. He had been dead. Yes. He'd been dead for days. And then he got quite literally a second chance, you know, a chance to love everyone around him, to see who Jesus was and, you know, what he was capable of before everyone else. Yes. And the news is also that Lazarus died <laughs> eventually again. Yeah. He did die again. So the point was not the resurrection, that life is the most important thing. But the most important thing is this, this new life, this resurrection in relationship and knowledge that Christ is capable. And just on that point that Lazarus did die again, like, yes, he's human. He would have eventually had to die a physical death and, you know, Jesus wouldn't raise him up from that to physical life again. But when Lazarus exited the tomb, he came out and his hands and feet were bound with the burial bands and, you know, there was cloth around his face and that all had to be taken off. But then when you compare that to Jesus' resurrection, the burial cloths were left in the tomb. So mm. when the disciples came, they saw nobody but the burial cloths there. And like that shows that when Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated death. Yes. Lazarus was just a physical, he died. He rose again because of Jesus' power, but he would eventually die again. Yes. But when Jesus resurrected, there would be no death for him and he defeated death eternal death for us as well. Yes. And so what Jesus did was once and for all, what Lazarus did was, was a, a sign, a miracle. And this is what the book of John is all about. It's called the book of signs, the book of miracles. And so this sign is not a sign only to show that Jesus can rise the people from the dead, raise people from the dead. Oh, look at me, look how powerful I am. But what's the lesson that comes from this? And this is again, I think a lesson we can come is to this death to self. You see, Christ calls us to live in this world, but not be of this world. And the, the process of holiness, the process of becoming like Jesus is as we go through life, we start to die to our own selves, to our own wills and be risen, rise again to the will, to the trust of the Father, the trust of Jesus. I remember, I, I, I don't even know if this story is relevant, but it's just come to my mind. I remember a, a friend of mine, um, Dr. John, who was just so instrumental in, in, in my conversion. And he used to talk about this a lot, that we need to die to self. And he used to give this story. Now, I don't know if I'm going to give this story the right way. I don't know if I'm going to mess it up. It's not a joke, so, so I have less chance of messing it up. But there's a story of, of this family, you know, and, and there was, he used to call it the story of the bad, bad man. And it was a story of, of this man who was, who was grumpy and who was angry and bitter. 
and his um, his wife and and children, for example, used to go to mass on Sunday. But he used to sit in front of the TV, and he used to swear and shout at them because they went to mass, and he was just disappointed. He always used to throw uh, hell words of abuse at them, and so they would just get ready, just hide, uh, and and go to mass, and uh, and then come back and then be afraid. And this guy was always watching television and bad stuff on TV as well. And so they'd come back and they'd see this television and this guy watching this bad stuff on TV. And so he lived a bad life. But one day they come back from mass and the TV is on. But this guy's, this guy on the sofa is, is dead. He's, he's not alive anymore. But he talked about this. Dr. John used to dream, and this is the point I remember. He used to say there was a lot of evil and a lot of good around him, you know, and there was a, a lot of things going on in, in front of him and the bad television. And But the thing was, it was, this person was dead. There was nothing affecting him. There was nothing impacting him because he, even though his body was there, he was not there. Now, maybe I'm not saying the story right, but what I do remember is that this is what God calls us to do, to be in a world where there is evil around us. There is a, a, a lot of suffering. There's, there's a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of negativity. But we are to be in the world, a presence in the world, but not alive to the world um, and alive instead and present for Christ. And this is what happened to Lazarus. There were maybe things that distracted him before that now all of a sudden he has a real focus because he has experienced what it means to be dead and alive in Christ. So ladies and gentlemen, now we come to the topic. We have an applause because we're going to have an attempt, even though maybe Danny doesn't have the song. We want a song for this topic, which is we're going to talk about Mary and Martha, Martha in particular, her perseverance in, in the talking to Jesus. So um, take it away, Danny. What song do you have for us this week? I feel like when you say we want a song, it's just you and the like applause track. <laughs> no, look, you no often one... talk to us about you wanting to perform. You yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. sing in front of people on stage. This is your stage. It's, no, it's we are... a lie. I'm not, I'm not here for it. Let's um, tell us, do you have a song for us? Yeah. Okay. Hey, <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Oh, but it's a long song, so okay. I'm going to have to sing like a whole couple of verses here. Okay, let's go. Okay. Do I give you a beat? Nah. Okay. I got to remember. Okay. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you, you to move. move. When, when you, you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the <laughs> answers, I'm needing you to give. And I would, I would trust in you. <laughs> I would trust in you. Yeah. Okay, good. That brings us to perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> to trust in Jesus, um, even when our prayers are not answered. So this is what we want to talk a little bit about, about God's timing. God's timing is not our timing. Sometimes Sometimes we pray and we ask like Mary and Martha, God, please hear our prayer. And they wanted healing. They wanted God to answer the prayer in a certain way. But Jesus did more. He did more. He not only um, healed Lazarus, but rose him from the dead. So they not only came, they had their brother back anyway, but they had their brother back with a new life. They had their brother back with, with, with a new understanding of the power of Jesus, the power of God in their lives. 
But perseverance, this is, this is so much story. I, I wrote a book pretty much about perseverance because it's, I, I couldn't emphasize it enough. You know, sometimes we pray and we ask God for things, but God's timing and God's will is not ours. Sometimes we remain w- with the cross that, that we're praying to get rid of. Sometimes we, we wish God would answer our prayers, but it seems like things are getting worse. But that's okay. You see, God's timing is not our timing. And I think often when you're in the middle of a struggle and, you know, you kind of have that moment where you're like, no, like God can do this. And then you go to the Bible, it says things like rejoice in your suffering and be glad for all your trials. But that's not what you want to hear when you're in that moment. But then like that, when you're out of that and when you've persevered and when God has showed up and, you know, whatever his will is performed that, then you can see, you know, the point of the suffering and the point of the trials. But when you're in the midst of it, it's a lot harder to say. Yes. Where, like why you should rejoice and why you should be glad for these things. And because, again, the suffering, um, the greatest investment we can make is, is not to, to, be, to work on happiness and the freedom of suffering, but it's to be able to understand that Jesus walks to, with us through the suffering. And that's, that's where we grow in holiness, you know. And uh, even when things get worse, even when things get tough, you know, God doesn't let us go. And this is the beauty. This is the beauty of the, of the love of God. But we have to keep fighting. You know, again, I just sometimes we get the breakthrough we want, sometimes we don't. And I, I, I'm not going to talk a lot about this, but, you know, this is this thing I see in my mom. You know, uh, I love my mom and, and she, I, honestly, I'm here because of her, because of her perseverance. You know, through my addictions, through my, my pain, through, through my depression, through my running away, she continued to pray for me. And I kept getting worse, but she continued, she continued. And not only did she not walk away, but she got family and she got friends and she got everyone to pray for me. And I stand here because, not because of her prayer, but because of her perseverant prayer. And maybe you don't get the answers that you want the way my mom did, but at the end of the day, keep praying because you see prayer, answered prayer, our prayers are answered, not when God aligns to our will, but our prayers are answered when we are able to surrender to the will of God. That is the greatest answered prayer we can have, the greatest answer to, to perseverance. And that's what perseverance is. It's our prayers aren't going to change God and they're not going to change his will, but they change us. They change our hearts and, you know, they change our lives. And God can do all of that without our prayer, but he invites us into that and he invites us to be persistent, to persevere and to keep knocking and keep asking of him because he wants to give these things to us, but he wants to invite us into that process, into that cause. So that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, We pray that you are having a very fruitful Lent. It is a beautiful time of transformation and penance and prayer and almsgiving. And we would love to hear from you. So if that's how your Lent is, if you think your dog might be cuter than Pippa or Gozo, reach (laughs) out to us. No way. It's very unlikely. Um, Reach out to us at social media, catholicinfluences underscore, or on the website, uh, figministry.com forward slash podcast. But until next week, God bless.